acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You guys, this is history. What you've done, what you've show. done. You guys have built a platform that influences. It's the world's most dangerous morning show. Wake the up, breakfast club. DJ Envy. Envy playing my record, I made it. Charlemagne the God. The God will get you. <laughs> made you think that you're liking the controversial questions to take his part. I like this show. Thanks, breakfast club. This is my favorite show. Wake that ass up. That breakfast ass club is on. Good morning, USA! Yo, 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 Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet is Friday. Yes, it's Friday. The weekend is here. We are here, man. Another day to serve. Uh, I feel blessed, black, and highly favored, and I am extremely grateful. Gratitude is my attitude that this is our last day as a duo. Yes. (laughs) We had to be a duo for the past... About a year. Yeah. It's been about a year, exactly. Yep. I don't know if it's been 365 days, exactly. But it's been about a year. When did we come back from vacation last year? About January 10th. Oh, yeah. So it's definitely been over a year, okay? Because Jess Hilarious officially joins the Breakfast Club this Monday. That's right. February 5th. Breakfast Club Dynasty continues, baby. That is right. That's right. You know, and um, 
let me salute to a, a restaurant in New York City called Tatiana's. All right, now Tatiana's. Uh, is a restaurant my, last night was my wife's birthday yesterday was my wife's birthday so we went out to eat and we went to this restaurant called Tatiana uh, the chef his name is Kwame Uwachi I know I said his name wrong uh, but he infuses African and Caribbean food together and when I say such an amazing place I had such a good time I've been hearing so much about this restaurant I just haven't had a chance to get I know sometimes reservations was hard so we finally got a reservation when I say the food was so damn good I just want to salute him. I know a lot of times we don't talk about some of our black chefs. But when I say his food was amazing, the restaurant was amazing, had such a great time. The vibe was wonderful. Um, and I just want to shout him out. I know he won uh, Top Chef uh, Season 13 because I, I had to do my homework after I went home. And he's opening another restaurant in Washington, D.C. And the restaurant he's opening in Restaurant D.C. is a hotel owned by our country's first black woman billionaire. Her name is uh, Sheila, uh, Sheila, Sheila Johnson. Yeah, Sheila Johnson owns the hotel and he's actually having a restaurant in there as well in D.C. So if you ever get a chance and you're in New York City, try to get a, a reservation for Ta uh, Tatiana. Such a good band. I mean, it was so good. What, did you bring something for us? You're telling us how good it is. People, people in Charleston, South Carolina would like to taste it. People in Miami, Florida would like to taste it. People in Houston, Texas would like to take it, taste it. People in Savannah, Georgia would like to taste it. Well, that's why so I'm you New Yorkers them. only think about yourself. No, Did, you bring, some Did you bring some for everybody? Did you bring some for everybody? No, 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 no. So when they come bring to New York or if they go to D.C., they got to try that restaurant. It's a, it's a dope, dope restaurant. It's funny. When I was pulling up, a, a, a couple, they were just leaving. They listened to The Breakfast Club every morning. Salute to them. They're from Queens. I just want to say salute. Uh, they was like, yo, you got to try this. You got to try that. It was that type of vibe. Everybody was just so cool. It just felt like if you ever been to the motherland and you try some of the, when you go out there, you try African food, it was it tasted just like that. What part of Africa? I've been to so many food. parts. <laughs> what part? Though? South Africa. I've been to so many parts. So what part Nigeria. does it taste like? South Africa. South Africa, South okay. Africa. Okay. Yeah, but it, it was it was such a dope, dope experience. So if you get a chance, definitely check them out. You know, I ran into in there last night too. I seen uh, Michael B. Jordan was in there eating as well. I, I ran into him last night. So. With a white woman? No, he was not with a white woman. You okay. asked. It's not an ass. I just asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing the HBCU Classic tonight out in Jersey, where he brings uh, all. Don't you the bring no white women to no HBCU Classic? Yo, shut Michael up, man! No, now, don't, don't you do that, though. No, not man. Not Umar's watching. Yo, shut up, man! He brings all the HBCUs together, and they do like a big tournament. I know Hampton plays Howard. So many different schools play each other. It's his way of bringing shining light on some of the HBCUs. So I'm gonna be DJing the Classic tonight. But I did run into him there uh, last night. But anyway. Let's get the show cracking. Man, Kenan? we got a great... Yes, Keenan Thompson will be here today. He's got a new book, When I Was Your Age, That's Life right. Lessons, Funny Stories, and Questionable Parenting Advice from a Professional Clown. That's Longest right. running cast member on SNL. Overall great guy. Mm -hmm. uh, Keenan will be here with us this morning. Yeah, we're going to talk to him in a little bit. And then also, we got front page news, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. That's what I'm talking about. What's the point of that? What's that? Hey, like, like, like Taylor's... First of all, Taylor. Morning, everybody. We Ta are the Breakfast Club. Good yes. morning. Taylor's one of our producers. Right. Much older than she likes to act. <laughs> she's okay. Stupid. She's just short. Mm -hmm. All right. But she wants to be like these kids. So she's like, send me the deets. What the hell are the deets? It's details. Okay. <laughs> say details. How? Why is it so hard to say details? We just had this conversation earlier this week. Okay. Some words don't need to be shortened. It's two syllables. Details. Deets. Details. <laughs> deets. Send me the deets. Well, what's 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 that, that a vegetable or fruit? <laughs> what do you mean deets? That's not like uh, beets. Oh, my goodness. Good morning, Tez. Good morning. <laughs> Let's get into front page news. Now, the uh, NBA All-Star rosters has been uh, released in the reserves as well. Uh, people are saying that uh, Victor Wambayamba is, is not an All-Star. But I think he's putting up All-Star numbers, isn't he? Uh, I wouldn't say he's putting up All-Star numbers. He's, he's, a, he's definitely on track to be Rookie of the Year. He should be. Yeah. 
The All-Star? I don't know if he's an All-Star. I don't know. Him and Lively, I think, are doing great as as, as rookies. But uh, people are saying that he might, he should have been an All-Star. But He's averaging, what, 20? I'm looking at it now. He's averaging 20, 20, 20 points, 10 rebounds. That's All-Star. He's not an All-Star. 20 points, 10 rebounds nah, as, a, a, as a rookie? He's not an All-Star yet. That's an All-Star. Nah, he's a he's a super solid rookie. He's not an All-Star. I'm sure there's some people on this list that, that are not averaging 20 and 10. I doubt that. All right. Well, what up, Tiz? What's going on, DJ MV? Charlemagne the God. Peace. All right. Now, we send in an RIP to Joe Madison. Yeah, yesterday was the first day of black history, and one man for sure that left us a lot of black history is the radio host and activist Joe Madison. He passed away at 74. Mm-hmm. Now, he hosted a show on Series XM called The Black Eagle, where he championed human rights and civil rights. In his over 40-year career, he collected a series of impressive accolades and awards, including uh, being inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame in 2019. But one of my favorite uh, parts about his career is how he was an activist. He climbed the ranks of NAACP, uh, being Detroit's youngest chapter leader at age 24 to eventually becoming the national political director and finally serving on the nation's oldest civil rights organization board for 14 years. Now, tributes came in from everyone. Uh, President Biden, uh, Vice President Harris tweeted this. She said that he uh, aligned his platform with a purpose and through his decade-long career in radio, he championed the fight for equality and justice. Our nation is better because of his voice. President Biden also said that along, although he's no longer with us we hope you join in the fight uh to fight for injustice but what i loved about mr madison uh and i'm sure a lot of people agree is he was known for not holding back on the radio take a listen mr joe madison how you doing this morning i'm fine yeah, i think you need to work on your attitude you got a bad attitude and i think you ought to kiss my ass how's that for an attitude first of all i don't need you telling me what my attitude is i'm really pissed off at what i'm hearing when i see stupid ass people who want to be president of the united states that hasn't done a damn thing can't do anything who is xenophobic racist but here's my attitude towards you i'm a grown-ass man brother and if i want hey 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 you hear me talking hey kid hey pot his ass down and i and by the way I'm in charge of this show. I don't wake up in the morning worrying about what you think. Do you understand me? Are yes, we clear? Yes, Good. Sir, All right. About what we think. I don't give a damn about what you think. Are you stupid or something? Do dad? me a favor. Just keep listening. Dad? <laughs> Sounds like my dad. <laughs> Sounds like every black fall. I love it. I love uh, it. Rest in peace, Joe rest Madison. Rest in peace, Joe Madison. My type, my type of radio personality. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, he you definitely used this platform to be of service. So salute to that, brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my grandfather uh, loved Mr. Madison. You said it sounded like grandfather. Sound like grandpa and pops. That's yeah, what my that, pops exactly. said. Kiss my ass. That's right. My grandfather literally passed away watching. He was in the hospital and watching uh, him on TV at oh, the wow. literally at the moment, you know, that he passed away. So I'm sure he has a lot of questions for him now if they have a chance to meet on the other side. But yeah, my type of personality. So rest in peace uh, to Mr. Joe Madison. Remember, he did that uh, hunger strike for 74 days. He just did a lot. Remember, I think we talked about it here. Mm-hmm. We just did a lot as far as his activism. He uh, did a lot of marathons and I think he was in the Guinness Book World of Records for raising money on, on air. Love it. Um, so just a uh, you remember that just a lot he's just done a lot in radio very long time in the yeah game. i remember he did the hunger strike he did the hunger strike uh for for, for voting rights voting rights mm-hmm. so he never ate because that never happened yeah 74 days mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right well that is front page news uh what do we talk about next hour tess yeah, next hour, I want to give you an update on the How Many Stops Act. It did uh, pass. And also, Ron DeSantis, he's sending Florida National Guard to Texas. So he's dipping in Texas business and sending, I guess, uh, 
Florida tax dollars to do it. So All we'll right. talk about it. All right, we'll talk about that next hour. But right now, everybody, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, it's a Friday. So whatever you need to talk about or discuss, we are here. 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's a new day. This is your time to get it off your chest. Wake, wake up. Whether you're mad or blessed. It's time to get up and get something. Call up now. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Deborah. Hey, Deborah. Good morning. Where you calling from? Virginia. Hey, Virginia. 757? Yes, sir. How you feeling this morning? Get it off your chest. I'm feeling fine. I just want to come to you in your conversation with y'all and up in the morning. Huh? I just want to compliment y'all for the conversations that you have in the morning. Oh, thank you very much, man. We appreciate that. Absolutely. Which ones do you which ones do you like? Well, you were talking about there was a rapper that gave a worker five thousand dollars and then y'all talked about the appreciation of custodial workers and people that clean and stuff like that. Absolutely. And I want to tell if you, know, if you can send my daughter some books because she loves to read. We'll get your address right now. I sent her a whole pack. I got a, I got some good stuff up here. I got Tamika Mallory, State of Emergency. I got uh, Anita Kopak, Shallow Waters. I got Doug Melville, Invisible General. I'll send her an advanced copy of uh, My Black Country by Alice Randall. Those are all books off my book imprint, Black Privilege Publishing. I'll send her some good stuff. <laughs> Yes, yep, we do that right now. We well, got hold you. Hold on, we'll we, get your we, address, yeah. right? And don't keep don't keep her on hold forever either now, like y'all be doing. <laughs> She's on line one. Hello, who's this? What's up, MB? This is Kassan from Detroit. Good morning. Happy Friday. Kassan, what up, though? Get it off your chest. Man, Envy, I'm tired of these young, able-bodied people that's out here begging for money. Yesterday, this is just one example. Yesterday. I'm at the gas station. It's this guy in the gas station begging for money, talking about he's trying to get a room across the street. And I'm just like, God, go to work. And I don't think people understand that nobody really wants to work. I'm, I mean, there's people out here that love their careers and want to go to work. But for most of us nine to five people, a lot of the times, most of the time, probably it's a drag to get up. But we force ourselves to do it to handle our responsibilities. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I mean, you know, if you love your job, though, it's not work. If you love what you do, it's not work. So that's not for everybody. Everybody, some people actually do love what they do. Like we love what we do. But Kassan, I will yeah, say different. I, agree. I will say you don't know that man's. Do. You don't know what that man just went through. He might have just lost his job. You know what I mean? He might have just fell on hard times. So you don't know. You know, it's easy to say that these young, able-bodied people could just get a job, but he might have just lost a job, and 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 now he was down to his last. You know what I mean? I agree, Envy, and I, I'm not saying that that's his story necessarily. It just made me think of this. Think of this. I, but let me tell you this. One time, I'm at the at the gas station again, not the same one. But so this guy, he's begging for money here, and he's probably younger than me at the time. I'm probably 25. He's probably 22. Hey, so uh, I'm like, well, my job is hiring. I can run and get you a job application because I don't stay that far from my job. You can put my name on it for a recommendation. He tells me, no, I'm waiting on my check to come through. He's waiting on a disability check he's trying to clear. And I'm just like, oh, I mean, I understand. I don't know what the disability is or anything, but a lot of these people out here just don't want to work. That's true. I, I mean that that is, that is true because there is a lot of jobs out there that they could be working but they choose not to you know what I mean but also a lot of people don't want to have to work two and three jobs to make ends meet either mm -hmm. you know but I, I understand what you're saying I, I agree I can see both sides 
Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest. Keep calling. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Good morning, DJ Emily Charlemagne the God and DJ Lord Geo from Newburgh. Hey, what's up, brother? Get it off your chest. What's going on? Uh, I just wanted to talk about, man, Envy. Why is there so much gatekeeping in the DJ community, man? What you mean? It's something simple, science. You ask somebody, hey, where'd you get that mix from? Where's that song from? Where, where is this from? Ah, uh, man, I don't know, man. Envy sent it to me personally. Something like that. When you know Envy didn't send it to you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, man, just hurts me, especially in my community. Well, we have little kids, well, not little kids, teenagers, um, Newburgh's, you know, pretty bad area. But some of these kids, they just want to get away. So I try to give them, like, you know, hard drives and stuff like that to keep them off the street so they have music and things like that. But people just want to gatekeep with certain music and don't want to help out, you know, these the youngest to keep the DJ community going. Now I think the DJ community actually got a lot better. When I was when I was coming up, there was a lot of of people not helping each other, not wanting to talk and discuss certain things. But I think that's changed a lot. Um, what do you need? Uh, I know, just like you know, I me mean? just to help the young young kids. I mean, they don't have all the resources. Like like I said, when I was younger, before I bought a, uh, anything of any equipment, you know, what I mean, I did my research. I was on YouTube. I was trying to talk to the DJs, stuff like that. I was young. But nowadays, like everybody just want to hold everything to themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's just the, the people you're talking to. I mean, I mentor a lot of DJs and help them out. And, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. They, they put me on a new music. You know, I help them out with, with whatever they need. So, I mean, you're just talking to the wrong people. I'm, there's a lot of DJs out there that will support and, 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 and help you. It hit me on the DM. So, if you ever need anything, you know, I, I got your contact. And you can always hit me as well. You know, I support and I love my DJs. All right, thank you very and much. Salute, salute to everybody in Newburgh, too, man. Got mad love for Newburgh. That's the home of Partisan Fontaine. That's right. Hello, who's this? Hello? Hey, what's your name? Oh, my God, hi. It's Shawnee. Hey, Shawnee. Get it hey, off your Shawnee. chest. How you doing? I want to first to say good morning. Good morning. And I listen to y'all every day. I even remember the 10 seconds y'all were on in Seattle, like, probably 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. We was on in Seattle for a little moment. You're yep. right. For, like, 10 seconds. Yep. <laughs> 10 I said about 12. It was about 12. Yeah, about 12. <laughs> <laughs> but I was calling. I just wanted to raise awareness. Um, February is Heart Month, and today is actually National Wear Red Day. And I just wanted to give a shout out. I am actually a heart mom. My baby was born with a congenital heart defect. And he had to spend the first three months of his life in the hospital. He had four surgeries in five months. Mm. But um, he turned two next week and he's doing amazing. And I'm so, so proud of him. But going through that journey, like, it's so many heart babies. People don't realize one in 10 babies are impacted. Um, by congenital heart disease mm. and black babies are a lot of those ones so I just want to raise awareness for that and um, yeah just shout out to my baby happy birthday to my little okay. Juju B happy born day to little Juju B and thank you too you know we are we are aware that it is uh, heart, heart awareness month you know yep. Dr. Joseph Puma he's a good friend of ours he uh, has a has a, 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 a facility called Soren Medical and you know they do heart scans the Soren heart scan mm-hmm. so you know they do your cardiology cardiovascular disease all of that type of stuff so he'll be up here at some point that's right this month to talk about it probably next week also want to encourage people if you can like donate to your local children's hospital you know the Ronald McDonald house charities 
when we were in the hospital, like, it was such a hard time, but they, like, really tried to make it easy. They gave us meals and wow. cards to get gas in the car and all that kind of stuff. So I just really encourage people, if you can, like, donate to those funds. The Children's Hospital, Ron McDonald House, American Heart Association, all those things. And I just want to shout out my baby's Instagram. It's at Drew Kingston, and Drew is with a J, J-R-U-E Kingston. Thank you. And then I got his whole story on there. Thank you, Shawnee. Thank you. And I, and you know what? I got so many toys. You know, my kids outgrow toys, and I ain't having no more babies. But that's that's a good thing that I could do with the toys. I could definitely give them to the Ronald McDonald House and the Children's Hospital, so that way when children do have to go to the hospital, they do have toys to play with it and things to do while they're in there. I mean, I got puzzles. I got books. I got so many toys that's just sitting there. So, yeah, I definitely will talk to my wife, and we'll do that this weekend. Thank you. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Now, when we come back, we got your rumor report. Now, two R&B kings got into it uh, yesterday. We'll tell you all about it. And when I say got into it, fist fighting. Jesus Christ. All right. We'll get to it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I hate this place. Why? I love it here. I hate this place. This is our last day of the duo, baby. Just Hilarious will be here on Monday. I can't wait. You hear me? You don't love me no more? Nah, we just had, you know, it's better with a 3-0. Like, like it's, it's a trio, not a 3 what I say, man? Leave me alone, man. Y'all, I'm tired of y'all acting like I can't talk, and y'all know I can't. Morning, everybody. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's start off with Wendy Williams. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor has it. Call out a name, or you gossiping, or you chatty patty. Right, I'm gossiping. This is The Rumor Report. I mean, I guess we on The Breakfast Club. This is where the tea spills, right? Yes. Right. Now, there's a documentary coming out on February 24th and February 25th. All right. The documentary is called Where is Wendy Williams? Let's play a little bit of the trailer, please. She was put in front of a judge and given a guardian. That was when they took her away from us. I have no money. And I'm going to tell you something. If it happens to me, it could happen to you. As her family, we were all sitting on the sidelines watching. And she was crying out for help. Did you drink this whole thing today? Keep it there. Okay. Keep it there. My mom, she always talks about how she wants to work, but I feel as though she's worked enough. She has people around who are yes people and allowing this to continue. This is all too much. I think she's losing memory. Have you guys noticed that? How dare him? Anybody could look at her and tell this is not just alcohol. There's something more going on. I, I immediately... Uh... Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, prayed for Wendy mm-hmm. uh, after I watched that, and I don't understand why they got the camera in that woman's face. For what? Obviously, y- y- y'all taking advantage of the dysfunction. Why do you want to document uh, somebody's somebody's uh, just d- d- downfall? Basically, it seems like, like she needs the money, and she probably got paid to do this documentary. If she says she has no money, 
She's not doing radio. She's not doing her TV show. How do we know she's getting the money? She's, if, if you hear people in the documentary, I think it was her son saying that it's people around her taking advantage of her. How do we know she's even getting the money? How do we know somebody just didn't go do this deal? And you hear somebody else say that she's losing memory. So how mm-hmm. we know that she even knows that she's in the, the right frame of mind to even know what she's doing? Well, if her son how do we is know involved, that money getting her? If her family's involved, you would hope she's getting the money, right? Yeah, you would hope so. I don't know. I, just, I, I, I genuinely feel, uh, feel compassion for her. I do. Cause I, you know, I worked with her for for, for three years. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I even ended up in New York City. Right. You know, from Columbia. So I was doing radio in Columbia, South Carolina at the time. People know that story. But I'm just saying, it's just like, yeah, I, I genuinely do feel sorry for her. And also because the level of miserable that y'all seeing now, a lot of us saw that way, 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 way back in the day. It's just mm-hmm. clearly gotten worse. Only thing I would tell folks is, don't laugh at Wendy. Learn. Mm-hmm. It's a cautionary tale, and she says that in the trailer. She says if it can happen, to, if it can happen to me. It can happen to anybody. That's right. How how old is Wendy? She's in the sixties. No, boy. Fifties? I think upper fifties. About to say high fifties. About to say high fifties. Temperature. <laughs> I'm gonna start saying that about people age. Yeah, and they high high seventies. High seventies. Like it's hot outside or something. But maybe she, she's me she's not. She's fifty nine. She'll well, be sixty this year. Well, I said sixties. He goes, no, hell no, boy. She's fifty nine. Yeah, but but I, I didn't realize it. The reason I say she's fifty nine, <laughs> she you know she hopefully she will get a, a second shot at this thing called the music industry and 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 entertainment no. world. Why not? No. Why not? At, at this point, that should be the least of anybody's concern. Well, after she gets help, if if she does need that, help, her, her son said it in the doc. If you watch the whole two minute trailer, her son said um, she talks about wanting to work all the time. He said, I think she's worked enough. She needs peace. That's what she needs to spend the rest of her. Uh, life trying to do find find peace yeah but not just not just with herself but you know you know you want to you, you hope for you hope for forgiveness you know what i mean you hope if you've d- done any wrongs you can make them right but maybe in this she, moment but maybe she can do that in the entertainment world maybe she can get back to what she does because that's what she enjoys it seems like that kept her alive it don't kept sound her like going. she need to be in front of nobody camera to me mm. it don't look like she need to be in front of nobody camera to me that's just my personal opinion. All right. Well, and I also just want to tell y'all, for all of y'all that want to be the next Wendy Williams, just know, mm-hmm. oftentimes that style of broadcasting does not end well. That's just the truth to the matter. That's right. You know, We've sometimes seen it numerous that, times. That, that, listen, you say what you want. You know, sometimes that that, that energy you put out, it does come come back to you in a lot of ways. That's right. So you know, you just you just got to know that. Know all, know know the whole totality of things. That's why I like watching, you know, the OGs that have come before us, because you really get to see the whole totality Correct. of how things play out. You can see the things they did right. You can see the things they did wrong. And it is very important to know how your plane is going to land. So many people's planes are landing and the wheels are not coming out. Oh, there it yeah, is. They are no crashing. All. Okay. All right. Well, let's keep it moving. Jacquees. Yes. Jacquees and Trey Songs. It seems like they got into an altercation. They're both out in Dubai. And uh, Jacquees posted this uh, about an hour ago, a couple hours ago. I want the world to know this bitch ass Trey Songs is a bitch. Period. This is a bitch, bro. This came in the club talking about you talking about for a bitch ass. Then you come outside the club and swing on your little brother. Use a Chris Brown the goat. Use a brother. About a that ain't even my bitch. You talking about bitch that's with these bitch? The workers? You talking about people that came with these bitch? Hey man, you bitch ass You a bitch. And I don't give a if you tell anybody anything about what we text you. Put the message on there, bro. You bitch ass You can never come around me. 
What is happening? I want to tell y'all something. If we got to bleep that much, don't play the damn clip. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with y'all as producers in this building? Who, well, who, who put you up to this? Well, <laughs> I, I don't even know what the hell's going on. Well, Jacquees and Trey Songz. I'm old, you know. Up. I need details. I need every word. Almost to understand what's going on nowadays. And y'all just going to bleep that thing like that? Bleep, 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 bleep. Well, Jacquees and Trey Songz in Dubai. They got into a fight and altercation. Allegedly, they, uh, Jacquees is saying Trey Songz ripped out his hair during uh, a, a tussle. And y'all had to bleep that? <laughs> <laughs> you had to play that. Y'all couldn't play that for me. <sighs> so uh, I just, I just hope that these brothers understand that they are in Dubai, and the laws in Dubai are a lot different than the laws in America. And I want those brothers to get back here safely. No, none of us care because all of us of a certain age couldn't even understand what was going on because it was too many bleeps. So we don't even care. What's happening? Hmm? All right. Well, lastly. Juvenile is, is more. Yeah, this is something else. <laughs> Juvenile calls out the Lovers and Friends Festival. This is what he said. Oh man, here we go again, man. These cats at Lovers and Friends. Whoever in charge at Lovers and Friends, man, y'all doing bad business, man. Y'all done put my name on the fly, and y'all know y'all ain't sent me no deposit, ain't sent me no bread or nothing. Keep on playing games, talking about y'all gonna get back at me. Look, y'all playing games with the wrong mother, man. If y'all gonna book me, y'all not gonna book me. Take my name off y'all fly. I ain't got no problem with that. I could do something else with my time. I ain't tripping. But don't put my name on y'all flyers if y'all know y'all ain't paid me no money. That's fucked up. Four bleeps. That's all it was. <laughs> and I understood everything that Juvenile said just now. And I even know what word was bleeped because of the way to, the context of how he was using it. That's how you talk. Okay? Stop putting people on flyers if you ain't sitting them they front end and you ain't secured the business uh, the way you're supposed to. That's right. Period. All see? Right. Yeah, you see? Four bleeps. Well, Mace recently asked to be removed from the lineup. Uh, the Dream and Mary J. Blas also confirmed they will be not performing. So this is uh, the fourth artist. So we'll see. Lovers and Friends got to get it together. Well, they got enough people on that tour. <laughs> yeah, so right, if they, they lose do. a few, they'll be fine. All right. And that is your rumor report. Now, when we come back, we got front page news. Tesla Figaro will be joining us. And Keenan Thompson will be here. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. What up, Tiz? What's going on? Happy Friday, DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. Peace, Tiz. Let's jump right into it. Let's talk Mayor Adams. Yeah, we talked about this earlier this week. A lot of different opinions about this on the How Many Stops Act, and I wanted to give you an update on that. Now, Mayor Adams vetoed the bill, and the latest update is NYC City Council voted in favor of overriding the mayor, mayor's veto, 42 to 9. Take a listen. Come July, NYPD officers will be required to log basic info about every civilian they stop for low-level encounters known as level one stops, such as a search for a missing person. Councilmember Youssef Salam said it will bring generational change to the justice system. He and four other black and Latino men were falsely accused and convicted of raping a white jogger in Central Park in 1989. If these laws were in place in 1989... <laughs> I vote on. Of the 51 council members, 42 voted in favor of the bill, saying it will prevent racial profiling. A federal monitor overseeing the NYPD's stop and frisk tactics last year found 97% of people stopped were black or Hispanic. Now, opponents say that reporting level one stops, which are classified as non-criminal encounters, will slow down response time and take away from policing on the city streets. Here is how Democrats and Republicans voted on the law in their opinion. Take a listen. Several Democrats even voted in favor who had not previously. 
where people um, had to reconsider how their experiences are drastically different than some of their colleagues of color. All the Republicans on the council voted against it. We must also acknowledge the small increments in administrative tasks that can have cascading effects on our already stretched resources. It's asking them to do more while they have less. In a statement, the Police Benevolent Association said this will contribute to rising 911 response times and diminish police presence in neighborhoods. So Mayor Adams, who's obviously a Democrat, he did not support this bill. So uh, this is still, you know, up to uh, a lot of people have a different lot of opinions on this. Mm. All right. Well, let's jump right to Ron DeSantis. No problem. Ron DeSantis, he is deploying state and National Guard to Texas border. Yesterday, he announced he is deploying the Florida State Guard to support Texas during its ongoing feud with federal officials at Eagle Pass. Now, it's unclear what the troops will be doing when they arrive in Texas, but the move is to send troops uh, that comes after uh, Governor Greg Abbott has defied uh, federal authorities in the border community, claiming he's protecting his state from invasion. Here's what a little bit of what Ron DeSantis had to say at a press conference. Biden has the authority to close this border today if he wanted to. He lacks the will to get the job done. He lacks the capacity to see the problem for what it is and to get the job done. And so the American people are basically left scrambling uh, and they're left to have to deal with this uh, all on their own. These guys are just better at the political thing. Than, than, than Democrats are, man. Like, literally. Like, the border is going to be a huge issue come election time, and that's why Republicans don't want to work with Democrats to fix it, because they don't want the Biden administration to get any credit for fixing it. And if I was the Biden administration, if I was Democrats right now, and, and if I was also Republicans who don't rock with Trump, I would be letting everybody know the reason the border isn't getting fixed is because of Donald Trump. He literally told Republicans not to do the deal that Biden is laid out. He's the shadow president. He, he literally told Republicans not to do the deal, and some Republicans are listening. That's insane mm -hmm. to me. Yeah, well, that's how it goes. I mean, you it, it, it certainly is insane, but again, you got to run on something. You know, everybody on the campaign has to run on something. They're running on immigration. Uh, the Democrats are running on abortion, so he's not going to give him those uh, political points to, to score. Is it wrong? Yeah, but is that how politics campaigns work? Yep. Absolutely. They, you know, they had, an had an opportunity to fix the border uh, when they had control of the uh, House and Senate. So now you've given this, this ball for Republicans to run with, and 25 Republican governors, including DeSantis, are public supporting Abbott, but this is going past just support. They're saying we're willing to even put troops on the ground for you. I mean, this is just... Who are the troops supposed to fight, to though? Are the aren't the troops fighting other federal authorities? Well, they think they think this is important enough to send to, to put some action behind, put some uh, walk behind the talk. Isn't that like they a mini-civil war? Well, they say they want to come help with the invasion. That's so, Jesus Christ. But it's it's more of a... It's just like when they dropped the, uh, the, the migrants off at... Uh, VP Harris's house and this is a statement they want to let you know we're willing to we're, we're going to come together as governors we're not just going to talk about it but we're actually going to do something about it and, and make a political statement so that it can get into the news and continue to push uh, push their what they believe on immigration well, after, and run on it well after they put it on the floor and uh, you know Republicans vote against it I hope the Democrats immediately pivot to let folks know you know what is actually the problem and the problem is the fact that Donald Trump the shadow president jumped out there and told Republicans don't do the deal. Like, is he really the shadow president? He's making it pretty known. I mean, he's not hiding in the shadow. I mean, he's the shadow president because he's not—he's not the official president. But he's definitely—he's okay, okay. yeah, he, definitely—he's definitely, he's definitely controlling things in the GOP. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Well, that's why you got to have something to run on. And, and that's what they're doing on every level. Again, guys, it's not just running for president. It's every level. Governor, uh, state rep, state senate, you know, all of these, all of the GOP will be running on immigration. So, yeah, I don't I don't respect any politician who puts, uh, you know, uh, politics over the people. But that's majority of them. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I guess you don't have no respect for no politician. Then. Exactly. By exact words, exactly. Yes, that's right. exactly it. All right. Well, that is front page news. Thank you, Tiz. Absolutely. Well, make sure you subscribe to Tesla Figaro. Uh, Straight Shot, No Chaser podcast on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network. And follow at Tesla Figaro on all social media platforms. All right. Now, when we come back, Kenan Thompson will be joining us. Of course, comedian, you know, for Saturday Night Live. And, of course, he has a new book. When I was your age, life lessons, funny stories, and questionable parenting advice from a professional clown. We're going to talk to Keenan when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. The legendary. Keenan Thompson, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Oh, man. Thank you very much. Good morning, my brothers. How y'all feeling? Good morning, How you feeling, black man? man? We good. Man, we checking in, man. Happy Black History Month. <laughs> Happy Black History Month. How you feeling, Frill, my brother? How you feeling? Like, what's your I energy feel like? Great. My energy is great, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're having another good season over there. Mm-hmm. It's 49, about to be the 50th. Or it's getting real over there, man. That, that 50th celebration, I think, is going to be big. Do Last time at the 40th was a lot of people. So, um, And you know, you got a new book out, uh, When I Was Your Age. I should have brought the book. I, I wanted slipping, it here man. just to have it propped up. I'm slipping. My bad. Uh, when I Was Your Age, Life Lessons, Funny Stories, and Questionable Parenting Advice from a Professional Clown. Yeah. First of all, what made you want to write a book? Because you always have been a very private person. Yeah. It's the longest title ever. It is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just felt it was time, you know, like a, a lot of people, I guess, in my position, a lot of my heroes have written books. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You got seven, right? <laughs> Two. Yeah. <laughs> Working on the third. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, and people approached me. I was just trying to, you know, make sure I had enough to talk about you mm-hmm. know, for like people that actually read books, you know, and, and luckily I worked with a great uh, collaborator, Dibs Bear, shout out, you know, um, and yeah, we we put together a pretty good book from what I'm hearing. Like the people that have read it seem to enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? It's not like 300 pages or nothing. You know, which was kind of strange. I'm like, damn, that's my life story. Like, like that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. You know, but it has definitely been you know a really cool thing to share with the world and you know mm-hmm. tell my story, tell my parents' story, and you know siblings. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And like let people you know kind of know the the real me the origin story kind of thing that i don't necessarily get to tell on you know talk shows and stuff like that because mm-hmm. you usually want to just talk about the current thing you're there to promote or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah it was a cool experience explain the long ass title because it's a lot there <laughs> yeah um you know it's just like i guess i've been doing it for so long that i had you know a lot to kind of display you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying so i had to kind of explain what my position is in this world so far in a capturing kind of title and, and kind of tell people like what the book is so they want to grab it and read it you know what I mean and like I, that's probably why the title is so is so lengthy but you know there's also some comedy there because yeah it is so long and yeah the good wordage of like being a professional clown and stuff like that you know like I, I take that really seriously like I'm an actor you know so like when I'm clowning around it's usually for hire kind of thing mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm as you can see like my demeanor is pretty pretty level you say like i don't really even be getting stressed out or my demeanor doesn't change much mm-hmm. but yeah big taurus energy over here you know what i'm saying and like but you don't seem hard-headed though most tourists i know hard-headed 
I get stubborn about when I think I'm right. Got you, got you. You know what I'm saying? But like, nah, I'm very go with the flow kind of thing. Do your kids take you serious or, or do they always see daddy as the clown and the joke and the laughter? I'm the clown and I'm definitely in their way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm in their way for having fun or whatever they want to do. Like, you know, when they're around their friends, they don't want, you know, old daddies around them, you know? So they definitely think they're funnier than me, and they probably are. Like, they definitely, like, make me laugh. Mm-hmm. But that's that dynamic. You know, you're, you could be, you know, Michael Jordan's son and think that your dad just only plays basketball mm-hmm. as opposed to being Michael Jordan, yeah. you know? You, you got a chapter title called I'm Glad I Went Broke. Mm-hmm. When did that happen? You've been <laughs> you've been working since at least ninety four. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. Like I've been blessed to to continue working, but yeah, I had a bad accountant, and it came to the light around ninety nine, like around two thousand, which was really bad timing because that's right when I left my consistent gig. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So then I went into being an adult actor for hire, mm-hmm. and that is. Very hit and miss. So there was some good jobs. Like I did Felicity. That was cool. And I got to meet J.J. Abrams when he was young. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And that's like a a, a priceless kind of a friendship, I would say. Mm -hmm. Just because he's grown to be, you know, such a major force in the industry. Mm -hmm. But it was like six months until Love Don't Cost a Thing. You know what I mean? And I was happy to get Love Don't Cost a Thing. It was my brother Nick's movie. Nick Cannon. Yeah, we had a party at my house. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah. At your house? Yeah. I was renting this house that had a bunch of space or whatever, but we was young, so it was like, yeah, move all the furniture to the side and let's just, you know, throw a party and like invite everybody kind mm-hmm. of thing back mm-hmm. in those days. So that was fun, but we were still broke. You know what I mean? Like just money enough for the rent kind of thing. And yeah, that you know, the accountant was was dirty and I ended up not letting that be the end all be all of what my life is gonna be. So I just, you know, moved back to Cali and, and continued. How much did the accountant get you for? Mill and a half, something like that. I mean, that was, you know, my contractual like deal at the time or whatever. But for Good Burger? For like overall Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon. existence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for a few years or whatever. And then yeah, I never saw none of it. So you walk—that oh, ain't funny. You walked away from <laughs> that ain't funny. <laughs> laughing over there. You over there about to tell you? No, like, that ain't funny. <laughs> you, so you walked away from Nickelodeon, the overall deal. You didn't age just, out. It was just up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We didn't feel like we wanted to continue like Kenan and Kale to college, but like we couldn't figure it out basically. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, I think we should just go figure out what it looks like for us to be adult performers for the world. Mm-hmm. And it was just like reproving grounds. It was almost like it was almost like starting over, you know? Because yeah. like everybody wanted to treat us like kids or keep us in a category or whatever. And we just had to like learn how to prove ourselves. And for me, you know, SNL was that the biggest bridge, mm-hmm. you know, as far as like adults taking me seriously as an adult. Because we were already grown, you know, mm-hmm. we was in our twenties, you know, so we didn't want to be like thirty years old still trying to play a kid on Nickelodeon and yeah, the timing of that was just, it was just crazy. So it was a, a couple years of like, man, I don't know about this whole like, you know, one job here, one job there, like every few months kind of thing. Because the bills come, you know what I mean, every month, no matter mm-hmm. what. Mm-hmm. Thank God life goes in a cycle. So when I was feeling down, I would get a gig and I would like, you know, start trending upward. And then, you know, trending further upward from Love Don't Cause a Thing to Barbershop too. you know what I mean? And then Barbershop 2 left there and like went to audition for SNL like, do you remember that when you auditioned and they called you back and said you got the part do you remember that one million percent because it was a long process you know what I'm saying like came to New York straight from Chicago from shooting barbershop like feeling great or whatever and then seeing what you up against and it was every black comic you could even possibly think of right so I had to do stand up at the stand up New York I had never done stand up before it was a nightmare and then I saw Kale and I hadn't seen him in a while, you know what I'm saying, like at the audition. And that was awkward, but it was like, you know, good luck, good luck or whatever. And then 
I did three minutes of something terrible because I wasn't a stand-up comic. I didn't know how to address the crowd at all. Mm-hmm. I think I just started with... So that was part of the audition. You had to do stand-up. Yeah. So you walked up there and was like, hi. <laughs> they, I don't My name I is... Said, hi. I think I just went right into like Al Sharpton or something, like talking to Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> you know what I mean? What? Just like, in my, like a kid in his own room, basically, like yeah. playing in the mirror kind of thing. And yeah, it didn't go well. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. 
It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But they saw something, and I got a call back, and they were like, all right, we want you to try one more time at the Laugh Factory. I was like, more stand-up, you know what I mean? And it was a terrible night for me because the other four people were actually stand-ups, you know what I mean? And they were killing J.B. Smooth. Finesse Mitchell, you know what I mean? D-Ray. Oh, like, man. It was, you know, it was a lineup, and they was destroying. And then I went up there and did my little bull and like... Where, where were you? Were you first? Were you fourth? Were you second? I was last. Oh, oh. yeah. And you went after D-Ray, JB, and <laughs> Finesse Mitchell? Jesus yep. Christ. Yep. And Kyle Grooms. And like Kyle Grooms, yeah. too? Yeah. I think Kyle, but I know Kyle was in New York, but I think he was in L.A., too. But I know I went last after a bunch of brilliant comics mm-hmm. and... I was so nervous, man. I was drinking out the sink because that was the bathroom and like the bar was over there. So I didn't want to like go back and forth, you know what I mean? Like interrupt or anything like that. So you really really wanted to kill it, but you couldn't get to you it. You know, but I was so <laughs> nervous. Like I was just like, man, I can't quench my thirst. I'm drinking water, drinking water. New York water like, back then was I'm sure I'm like filling it up with the sink water and like still. And I was just like crazy nervous. But did you get booed? I didn't get booed. So that was, you know, definitely not a dagger. Because if I would have got booed, I don't even know if I would have wanted the job because I would have felt like I didn't deserve it. But then after that, they called the next day. And then I think they called on a Saturday and I was in New York on Monday. Mm-hmm. And now you're the longest running cast member. All right, we got more with Keenan Thompson. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Keenan Thompson. His book, When I Was Your Age, Life Lessons, Funny Stories, and Questionable Parenting Advice from a Professional Clown is out right now. Keenan's here. Charlemagne? Is that going to go on after 50? I remember when I when I interviewed you on my, my late night show, you said you think you should end it at 50. I mean, I I thought it would be a good number to stop at if that mm-hmm. was the case, but I don't think it is. I think they're going to keep it running. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it, it doesn't make a difference if it winds up stopping at 72. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter, but 50 just felt like such a good package. It's like, you know, here's 50 years of SNL, Time Warner. You know what I mean? Sell mm-hmm. that around the clock or whatever. DVDs, this, that, and the other. It's just a nice round number. Like, if they get to 100, great. If they get to 200, you know what I mean? In, in, incredible. It doesn't really matter, but... I've never seen a TV show outside of like a game show or a soap opera go past 30 years, you know, 20 years. Like, that's just crazy. So I didn't really know how long it was going to take. And then if dude was going to retire, you know, after that year. Law Michael? Yeah, mm-hmm. it might be, you know, it might be smart to pause it or something like that. But at the same time, 
Tina can do it. I can do it. Tina knows. Yeah, Steve Higgins. Can, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that can keep it going. It's just, will it have the same support? You know, like budget wise, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like if you slash the budget, it's a completely different show, and then that's not fair to whoever's in that chair. So mm-hmm. it's up to them. You know what I'm saying? But I, from what I'm hearing, I think it's probably going to continue. Did you ever feel like you didn't have support of the culture, the community? You know, because starting off as a new culture, any black comedian that's on Saturday Night Live, they always say, "Oh, he's a token black," or mm-hmm. "He's not that funny." It's like the hate comes first. Did you ever feel that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and anytime I do something that's you know pushing boundaries or anything like that, there's there's a lot of pushback. You know, so I definitely felt like the majority of black people weren't like, yo, Saturday Night Live is my show. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just felt like, oh, you on that white show. You know what I mean? When people talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I took that and was like, all right, well, that's how y'all feel. You must not really know, you know, kind of the history of the show and who's really come out of there. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And it's just as much our show as anybody else's kind of thing, because, you know, we have... The biggest star probably in, in movie history probably coming out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I've never heard people say that there's token blacks on SNL. It just was always, there wasn't enough of enough blacks yeah, on SNL. it was, you know, one at a time for a while, you know? Because the black people they have are black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eddie didn't try not to be black. Tracy Morgan didn't try not to be black. Like, they went for it. They like, went, no, I don't think Tracy can help himself. No, Tracy yeah. can help <laughs> You know? But, yeah, that was part of the conversation that I was talking about when it was time to get more black women in the show. You know, it, it's just like my, my quote that was heavily misquoted or whatever um, was just the fact that, you know, the, the pool to choose from isn't large. I don't even remember the quote. The quote that they say I said was that, you know, black women ain't funny, but that's not what I said. It was like, that's better, though. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that one goes viral. No, that one goes viral. You need yeah, that. Yeah, 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 you got to think sharp. about the person writing the yeah, story. Yeah, black yeah. women ain't funny. Like, no, <laughs> Kenny Thompson a, says black women ain't funny. You know, that's basically how they blasted me, like, mm-hmm. for a while. And, you know, Leslie was mad. Like, <laughs> before she met me, she was like, let that motherfucker come over here and I'll burn his ass up. <laughs> <laughs> I, first of all, I didn't say that. And when we first met, you know, that was clarified in, in two seconds because, you know, when you meet me, you know I'm not outside the culture like that. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I don't disrespect my black women at all. You know, like, because, like, how would my mother look at me? How would my sister look at me? My mm-hmm. cousins, my this, that, and my that. I'm not an idiot. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not detached from the world either like that. You know what I'm saying? So I would never say something so egregious. But my point was yeah man like this it's i'm sure there's small low numbers you know in those improv houses mm-hmm. wherever they might be so if i'm wrong let me be wrong but i don't think i am because i've been in the business a long time and i go to shows a lot you know what i'm saying and i be looking you know and i look back on history like when you watch chris farley in his second city days or whatever and you look at the background and his performance it was Tim meadows it wasn't like it was Tim meadows and there's kevin and there's joe and there's this that, and they all black and together and only Tim got the shot. It was just Tim Meadows there. You know what I'm saying? That was it. You know, you got to look towards the positive. And the positive is it did open the doors for some people, you know, even if it was, you know, me having to be the scapegoat or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't be mad at it. How much longer? I, mean, did I can be, but this you know, point. God got a plan. Mm-hmm. How much longer does Keenan want to do SNL? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, that, I, that question continues to vary. You know, like it all kind of starts depending on like, what the kids want to do and where the kids want to be and like how much more time can I spend with them if possible and also like are people getting tired of my moves you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying like are people getting tired of seeing me on the show all the time mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it also is a long schedule and takes up most of the year kind of thing so you know it might be time for like to make room for other opportunities at the same time but I, I want to see that 50th 
at least. You know, when you watch things that happen, do, do you have an opinion or as in do you care or is it the first thing a sketch, right? So Shannon Sharp, Cat Williams, mm -hmm. right? He's going crazy. Are you thinking, <laughs> oh, this is a sketch and this is how I'm going to break it down? Or are you thinking, damn, why is he going at so many people? Well, some things are obviously going to be a sketch. You know what I'm saying? Like, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, yeah. You're like, this is definitely going to be a sketch. Only because, like, Cat Williams is a good impression. You know what I mean? Shannon Sharp is a good impression. And this is definitely a moment that everybody has seen, right? So it's going to be like, you know, whoever's first to, to, to get the sketch up, basically, at that point. There's a lot of nighttime shows that could have done it, you know what I mean, or whatever. But when we do it, it's on a different level because like our departments are crazy like our wig department our wardrobe you know what i mean our sets like the like, audience the whole team you know what i mean yeah like the whole team is like on super duper point because they've been doing it for forever and they take it serious they love it you know what i mean it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a family like a generational kind of family that work there so yeah when i saw that i was like we're doing this for sure i wish we weren't on break and everybody was texting me like I know y'all about to do this this weekend. I'm like, man, we off for another week and a half, bro. And everybody's like, oh, my God, we got to wait. But shout out to Echo, man. You know what I mean? She, she was Daddy able to like, get it in. Like, yeah, they destroyed it. And I was I was eating it up because I was, it was entertaining. Like, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, snap. You know, he's <laughs> spilling everything, you know. And I was enjoying it that way. And then, of course, Elder started chiming in. And, like, when Dave chimed in, like, mm -hmm. why are you painting us? Mm -hmm. With such a, you know, why you paint dirty, ugly pictures of us or whatever. It's like, all right, I got to calm down. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, take that into mind. The fact that the, the bigger picture is we are supposed to be pushing uphill together kind mm -hmm. of thing. And it was like, all right, well, maybe we shouldn't be lashing out or, or throwing each other under the bus or whatever. But at first I was like, oh, I love this. Mm -hmm. You know, as a comedian, is, is, is that something you would want to get mentioned in? Would you want Kat to say your name? Nah, I don't want to be in nobody. <laughs> I don't want to be in nobody drama at all. You know what I'm saying? Especially like, you know, the topics that they were discussing. I'm like, I could be on the wrong side of this at any given moment if they want to mention me. But my perspective on that, in my mind, doesn't have me on the wrong side of it. But people have their opinion. You, you might be a saying? plant to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. How you go from Good Burger to SNL and be there for 20 years. <laughs> you know, like, that's that's his opinion on that. And it's dismissive, unfortunately, of, you know, like, Kevin's been showing up to work all this time. You know what I'm saying? It's not, like, even if he was, like, planning and being like, all right, here's a movie for you. He had to still do that movie. He had to show up to this. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, like, don't, don't say just that, Keenan. Even if he was planted, like, even he wasn't if, like, planted. Even if he was just given an opportunity that doesn't yes. come as easy to others, mm -hmm. say it like that. You know what I'm saying? He still had to take it and run with it. You know what I mean? And do all the stand-up and do all the other TV shows, movies, and this, that, and the other, and, like, continue his track of professionalism. So, like, industry plants, unfortunately, dismisses the work ethic of mm -hmm. an individual. I you agree. You know what I'm saying? And I want to shout out to two black men who first put Kevin in movies, Damon Dash and Russ Parr. <laughs> two <laughs> black men put Kevin in his first project. Was that Soul Plane? Nah, before Soul Plane, it was Paper Soldiers. Paper Soldiers. Paper Soldiers. Paper Soldiers. Paper Soldiers. Okay. And, stay, and uh, Russ Parr put him in something, too, but I can't I remember the name of it. But they were the first to, two people to put him in Shout out movies. to Dame. Shout out to Russ, man. That's right. Yeah, yeah. man. Like, anybody that's giving you a leg up in this business like shout them out the whole time you know all right we got more with keenan thompson when we come back it's the breakfast club good morning morning everybody it's dj nv charlamagne the guy we are the breakfast club we're still kicking in with keenan thompson yeah i was gonna ask do you make a phone call when you're about to do a, a skit or do something about somebody you know something happens to somebody that you effort i, I do you, should do you, but you, I you don't. don't no so they I see should, it. i just take it like Damn. you know so you got those calls before like bro oh yeah steve harvey didn't love it 
<laughs> you know, he What's didn't love it at first. What I'm saying? Yeah. What are you saying? He was just like, watch yourself. You know, because <laughs> hey, watch yourself. Yeah, like he's, you know, he's a grown man from the streets of Cleveland, Cleveland. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Shake a like, He just, he's just a big guy. You know, and like he comes from like the knuckle up generation where you had to really get out there <laughs> and get it in the cold, working right. at factories or whatever he did. You know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, at first he was like, "Hey, little rerun, watch yourself." I was like, All right. He you called know. you rerun? Yeah. Yeah. No, man. So he called you, or you ran into him? I would. He, he would say it on his show. He would say it on the radio and stuff like that. So I would like eventually like call in and be like, "Hey, man, you good?" Once we did like an interview or something like that. But whenever I would speak to him, it was always love. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But I just think you know he had to like make his stance kind of known for his audience. Hey, little rerun, we played with blah blah blah. But. You know, Steve's also been another mentor because mm-hmm. we were on his show back in the day and he gave me a lot of game, basically, about just growing up and mm-hmm. not treating the business so young just because you young, mm-hmm. you know? There's a lot of, like, adults out here that's working really hard that's got, like, real problems when they go home or, like, you know, life is serious enough so you can't just be playing all the time, right. basically. How's fatherhood changed you? Because you got a chapter called Everything I Need to Know About Life I Learned from My Girls. I got four girls. You got... Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How, how 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 does father change? I mean, it it really like showed me life outside of my own personal perspective as far as how I approach the day. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like and living for others kind of thing, which was like very different. You know, like when you're in a relationship, it's different. Like you're still both grown individuals, so you expect the other individual to like be able to take care of you know certain basics or whatever because they grown. But with a child, it's like no, they need you for everything. You know what I'm saying? And they first few years or the first decade or you know even for the rest of their life whatever it is they need you in in such a way that it's like it never turns off and I had never really experienced that you know what I mean where it's like you have to be aware of and know what's going on with your kids like on a 24 hour basis you know Mm -hmm. 365 it's not like you can take a week off (laughs) just because it's Christmas Mm -hmm. and what did you learn what have you learned from your girl patience definitely a lot of patience emotion like being able to like just embrace having emotional moments you know what I mean because when we were growing up it was either suck it up take a lap do this or that and the other kind of thing and never really like sit in what's really bothering you kind of thing or shake it off you know what I mean like mm-hmm. we had all those kind of like sayings from coaches and things like that or you know just growing up as a man you know like you know be a man suck it up kind of thing and you would hear that but they taught me like it's okay to you know feel these feelings kind of thing and like understand what may be causing them and, and kind of work through it but also like the perspective of a child because we go around like you know kind of looking and not really seeing the world maybe just because we're seeing it at our height you know what i mean when you're mm-hmm. smaller you know you see probably a, a bigger picture and stuff like that kind of stop and smell the roses kind of kind of vibe mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. who's your biggest critic myself yep because i'm i'm the one that sees it all you know what i'm saying like some people watch things and they just enjoy it surface level but i'm watching like all snap my shoes untied or you know little like my hair is it, you know, I need a haircut You still got a hairline though You know what I mean You know what I'm saying That's all a black man can ask for You know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> You get to a certain age You still got a hairline God bless you bro God bless <laughs> Oh my god. Now you and Kel just reconnected too but Well not yeah, just man. reconnected But y'all did Good Burger too Yeah man Shout out to my brother man Word Now I don't know if to say How did y'all get back on good terms Because I don't know if y'all Was ever in ba- on bad terms No and I don't, mm-hmm. I, don't th- I mean but at the same time You know Hearsay And stuff like that can push it in that direction if mm-hmm. you don't get like the real answer from the individual mm-hmm. and since there was a, a period where we weren't really in that much communication it, you know there were probably inklings of that kind of energy or whatever 
But once we actually did speak on the phone, because we were doing a Good Burger sketch on the Tonight Show or whatever, you know, and we hadn't spoken in years, you know what I'm saying? And we we knew we had to like at least talk before we go perform to each other. It was a two second reconciliation, you know what I mean? It was like time had never gone by, basically. It's, it's, it felt like such a blessing to me, and I feel like to him as well, you know, to have each other back in each other's lives, you know what I mean? Because we do work so well together and we had established, you know what I mean, something so beloved that it would be a crime to kind of just let it go into the wind just because, you know, we wanted, you know, individual career identities kind of thing. You know, we didn't always want to be just Keenan and Kel. Like, my name is Keenan Thompson and his name is Kel Mitchell. You know what I'm saying? And like, not a lot of people were willing to recognize that at the mm-hmm. time. So that's kind of like where that drift apart started happening. And then, you know, as life does, you know, like different experiences are happening. So it just takes you. And then you, the next thing you look up and you, we haven't spoken in seven years or something mm-hmm. crazy like that or 10 or whatever it was. So for us to reconcile and do the Good Burger sketch, that was six, seven years ago, something like that. That was really, really nice. And then that was sparked the Good Burger too. That's kind of sparked like, yo, I think we need to do this. And they were going to do a cartoon. It was like, I think you should do the movie first and then do the cartoon. Like, everybody's been kind of asking for a sequel since the first one kind of thing. It's like, if you're going to get back into that world, you might as well do the second one, especially if we're here, you know what I'm saying? And we're young enough to, like, still do it with a passion and this, that, and the other and try to make a good movie. So, you know, luckily we were able to, like, put it together and, like, get it greenlit, shot it in Rhode Island, like, thanks to Artists for Artists and my, my, my business partner, you know, Johnny Ryan, who's from there. And, like... That's your production company, right? Yeah. yeah. Got a bunch of, like you know, whatever tax credits to make the budget make sense. And, and and it was good for me because it was right up the street. You know what I mean? And my girls were in school till late June or something like that. So they were able to take the train up on the weekend. You know what I mean? As opposed to like having to shoot it in the middle of nowhere or something like that. So it all became, mm-hmm. you know, a good positive thing. And then we actually made something that people enjoyed. You know what I'm saying? And then it broke records. You know what I'm saying? Debuted as Paramount's plus his most watched original film ever. Ever. Mm-hmm. ever. Several weeks in number one, this, that, and the other. So, like, it was, it was all very positive. And it was positive for our company because it was like, we making history too. We took the first Paramount movie to Rhode Island kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know what I mean? So it was just like all, you know, all around really good. And then also setting up as the, you know, the Keenan and Kel world continues to grow now. You know what I'm saying? Because... We know we can go work on this project, you know, if he got a project, he can go do it. If I got a project, I can go do it. But if we come together and do something, we know it's going to be, like, pretty dynamic. So that that's a beautiful thing, you know, because we laid a lot of track work early mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, having to figure it out middle-aged. That's right. The cartoon was happening? I don't know. I think there's an opportunity to do even a third one before we do the cartoon. Kind so, of okay. You know what I'm saying? Just because mm-hmm. the second one did so well. You can continue that world and, and, and keep on keep on getting it, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate yeah. you for joining That's us, right. brother. Keenan Thompson, oh, man. man. Get pleasure, his new man. book, When I Was Your Age, Life Lessons, Funny Stories, and Questionable Parenting Advice from a Professional Clown. Yeah. And thank you for joining us. Keenan Thompson. Galaxies, man. We keep everything legal. There you go. <laughs> Keenan Thompson is the Breakfast Club. Good morning. <laughs> morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. That's right, man. Salute to the good brother Keenan Thompson for pulling up. That's right. Longest running cast member on SNL. That's right. He has a new book out right now. Come on, man. You're supposed to tell me the name of it. I know it is. When I Was Your Age, Life Lessons, That's Funny right. Stories, and Questionable Parenting Advice from a Professional Clown. That's right. Good brother Keenan Thompson is, man. One, right. one of the good guys. He don't bother nobody. He stay out the way. 
You know? That's right. And you can go watch the full interview on uh, Breakfast Club YouTube page right now. How long is it? Like 45 minutes? Yeah. Yeah, the, whole, the full interview is like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. If you know Keenan, he don't like to talk. That's right. So to get 45 minutes out of Keenan, you know <laughs> okay, and he ain't doing no sketches. All right. Is a good thing. That's so, right. Because I'll we'll go check it out. Well, good morning, everybody. Again, we are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Justin Timberlake. Rumor has it. Rumor. Rumor has it. Call out a name, or you gossiping, or you chatty patty. I'm gossiping. This is the rumor report. I mean, I guess we on the Breakfast Club. This is where the tea spills, right? Right. right. Now, Justin Timberlake was trending. He was performing, and uh, he retracted his apology. And people believe that a retraction was from both Britney Spears and oh, Britney Spears, right? It wasn't Janet Jackson, it was Britney Spears they were saying it was. Yeah, Britney Spears, let's hear what he said. I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely People were mad at him saying that, well, he apologized. They were saying it was Janet Jackson and Britney Spears. They were mad at him for that. What so. did the kids say? And by the kids, I mean gays. We don't care about that old T. <laughs> that T is what, from the 2000s? The 90s? We don't care about that old T. Don't care about him apologizing to Britney. Okay. Well, that's what they were saying. Because he apologized recently, I thought, right? Hey, right cares? before she wrote the book. Nobody cares. Okay. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, if you, by the way, the only people that care in that situation is uh, the person that he should be apologizing to. So send her a DM. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anything else to do, anything else you're doing in, uh, in the public, that just seems like a publicity stunt. All right. Because only got a record out, they need to put a record out of them? Yes. Yeah. It's like anytime I see people doing stuff like that, around projects it feels like they're just trying to promote that project so if it's a real apology you send it directly to that person and you should have sent that in 1999 or 2000 or whenever this all happened I don't know I'm just telling you because that's what they told me that people care about I I, I don't even know Justin Timberlake I knew right what now. did the kids say <laughs> we don't care about that old all right. Now, Tiffany Haddish's two misdemeanor DUI charges have been dropped after she appeared in a Los Angeles court yesterday. She accepted a plea deal of reckless driving in uh, California. She agreed to a simple vehicle code violation and not driving under the influence. That uh, charge was dismissed. That's good. Dr drunk driving is whack. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm sure Tiffany will learn from this. Now, Danny Lay was arrested for DUI hit and run in Miami. She was reportedly seen speeding and swerving. Uh, police found an empty bottle of vodka. She's reportedly been sentenced to five years of probation. Her victim also filed a civil lawsuit against her, but the status of that suit is still pending. Damn, drunk driving is whack. I'm mm -hmm. sure Danny Lay will learn from that, too. Mm -hmm. And if not, somebody will. 
Yep. And lastly, people uh, showed a lot of concern for NBA Youngboy. He posted a picture yesterday. Uh, he was laying on the floor. He had lo- looks like a, a, a cup of scissor or a, a styrofoam cup filled with ice. And he had a bunch of pills laying on the floor. Uh, people were very concerned and hoping that he wasn't... Uh, you know, using drugs or he had substance abuse problems and was hoping if he did have a problem, he was going to rehab to fix that problem. Did you see the picture? I did see the picture and I'm starting to realize how slow people are. Why? Clearly, somebody took that picture. Clearly, I mean, he, he didn't take it. It wasn't a selfie. I mean, but clearly he allowed somebody to take the picture. It had a caption and everything. What was the caption? Caption was... <laughs> so I had it here. Oh, he said, that's why I don't pick up the phone when it ring. It's, he's clearly promoting something, y'all. Come on, man. Clearly, it's a video. He's doing something. He he didn't just. That's not like. It's not like somebody uh, snuck and took a picture of him or snuck and took a video of him in that position. That is clearly curated, y'all. Come on, man. What are we doing? I'm just telling you what 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 you want me to do. Look, this is my last day. Right? That's right, Jeff with the mess. This is my last Starts day. Starts on Monday. <laughs> this is my last day on the job. I'm doing this. This is our last day as a duo. So this baby. is my last day. This okay. is my last day. Of doing we did a year. I'm happy. We did a whole tour just as a duo. That's right. <laughs> right. I'm we done. did a whole tour just as a duo. That's right. Okay. So, but the but the band is back together That's on right. Monday. Hey, thank with God. With a new member. I'm tired of doing this, and that Jeff's is hilarious. Okay. That but, is my, no, but, but I'm just telling you that that picture that's clearly curated. I know what it was. But I'm just saying when people I saw people saying that yesterday, oh, we're showing concern. I'm <laughs> yeah. thinking that you know somebody caught him in a compromising no. position or a snuck a I'm video sure, or something. No. He took that picture. I had somebody take it, posted it with a nice caption. He's clearly promoting something, y'all. Absolutely. Come on, stop, man. Come okay. No, Didn't man. we just get y'all for the past three weeks? <laughs> Didn't we just do this? Did we do the past same thing weeks? to y'all? You know what? I'm gonna keep doing it because y'all stupid. I'm tired of just no, the white no. man taking advantage. Y'all not playing with me. Just better be here Monday. I'm mean, not playing with me. <laughs> just better. Just you listen. You better be here on Monday. I ain't playing with y'all. I ain't no, doing rooms no more. Oh wow! You took the tag off one of your pieces of clothes. What are you talking about, man? This is old. Shut oh. up. Oh. What's wrong with you? Why are you <laughs> so excited about you, that? You usually don't take the tag off your clothes. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, if you don't stop telling all my secrets, okay? I don't keep nothing. If you see me with something nice on, you know it's going back. All right. That's why Ty mad All right. right now. Ty, Ty told you about that, you stylist. She told you to shut your ass up. Get her in trouble. Good morning, Ty. <laughs> that is your rumor report. What are you giving that donkey to, man? Man, four after the hour, we need a uh, a, a, a man from Virginia named Bazin Bear. I think that he, that's how you pronounce his <laughs> Definitely name. Definitely don't sound right. This man, man, uh, has dealt with something that all of us deal with on a daily basis. Well, a lot of us deal with on a daily basis. But um, the way he reacted to it got him donkey today. We'll discuss. All right. We'll get to that next. It's the break. What music are you playing? What music was that? I have no idea what that was. <laughs> what, what was that? What, seriously, what, what is that? that? What's, what's going on? Jay Carter. It's who? Jay Carter. Oh, Jay Carter. Who is Jay Carter? <laughs> young artist. Oh, a young artist? Mm-mm. All right, donkey's next. It's the Breakfast Club. Come on, ring a bell. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkeys of the Day, Charlemagne. I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed one. So like a donkey. Yeehaw. Okay. Donkey of the Day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. Now I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Yes, donkey today for Friday, February 2nd, second day of Black History Month, goes to a former, where the music at, Eddie? Okay, now we talking. Goes to a former Target worker from Virginia named Bazin Bear. 
think that's his name, uh, who has been sentenced to a whole century in prison, 100 years. I have no idea why judges be playing with people like that. Like, what is the point? Just sentence me to forever, okay? <laughs> Just sentence, sentence me to for all of eternity. Matter of fact, just let me ask the judge a question. Judge, am I ever getting out? And the judge can simply say no, period, okay? Anything sounds better than 100 years. My brain can't even process that. If a judge gives you 100 years, you should automatically be granted permission to run and swan dive over the desk at that judge, okay? That's when you're supposed to make those kinds of leaps. But once again, as I tell y'all every other day, Life is about choices, okay? Destiny is not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice. And Bazinber made a very poor choice. Now, today's donkey of the day is a teachable moment because so many people have been faced with the challenge that Bazin was faced with. So many people every day who listen to The Breakfast Club have had to deal with what Bazin has had to deal with, okay? But I bet you handled it better than he did. What are you talking about, Uncle Charlotte? Well, let's go to AB7's... ABC 7 News. ABC 7 News on your side for the report, please. New at four, a judge is sentencing an Alexandria man to 100 years in prison Damn. after he killed his co-worker in a Target parking lot in Bailey's Crossroads. Back in 2021, 25-year-old Bosn Berry killed Hernan Levia. During the trial, prosecutors argued that Berry planned the murder after his co-worker took his lunch from the office fridge. Days later, Barry attacked the victim and stabbed him several times after their work shift. Barry pleaded guilty to first-degree murder in October. Lunch, bruh. You killed someone because they stole your lunch out of the fridge at work because they stole your food out of the refrigerator. I understand sometimes life is about principle. Okay, I get it. He thought you were soft. You had to show him otherwise. But now what? You killed someone over lunch only to go to prison and end up being someone's snack. And you're going to be somebody's snack. Okay, the same way the man you killed ate your lunch, trust and believe, someone is going to eat your ass the exact same way. And you're going to return the favor because what else do you have to do over the next 100 years? And he's only 25. Little young tender. Okay, I'm telling you, people are sick out here. All right, folks need psychiatric help. So many people that are walking amongst us need to be under somebody's care. They need to be medicated. I don't know what this man was dealing with. I don't know what he was going through. But whatever it was, this situation pushed him over the edge. Okay, you don't just go zero to 60 over a sandwich. All right, this must have been a meal his grandmother or mother cooked and he bought the leftovers with him to work. This had to be some sort of comfort food. Like this food had to have some sentimental value, okay? It had to be something that this man was looking forward to and you had the audacity to steal it, eat it, and then just, just come back to work like it's all good? Cause the man to snap. Okay, I can't believe I have to say this, but I don't care how disgruntled you are. There is not a chicken salad anywhere on this planet that's good enough to take somebody's life and get a century in prison. I don't even know if he was eating chicken salad, but wouldn't it be ironic if he did all of this for a tossed salad only to end up in prison tossing salads for the next 100 years? Listen to me, though, man. It's a lot of things that's interesting to me about this story, but one that stands out. Is he thought about this When you read the report He thought about this It's a premeditated murder He didn't look in the fridge And see his lunch was stolen He went home Okay And said uh, Well he, he didn't just look in the fridge And see his lunch was stolen And then you know um, um, Confront the man right there He went home and said He spent the next few days Plotting his revenge <sighs> Think about that he went home for three days and plotted his revenge. And this is why things like meditation is so important, uh, breathing exercises, having someone to talk to. You mean to tell me over the course of three days, he couldn't let go of the fact that his tuna sandwich got stolen? His homemade pizza or peanut butter jelly sandwich got took and he couldn't shake that off? 
This man had severe anger issues that he never got the help for, and that is the moral of the story. Anger resembles fire, and like the fire, if you keep feeding it, it will get stronger and harm you. If you stop feeding anger with your attention, it will fade away. Three days? This man held this for three days. Not one of those days did he have lunch. <laughs> one lunch after the lunch that got stolen will remind him that lunch goes on. He was moving like he only had one lunch to live. And that's not how lunch works. Listen, we must be willing to let go of the lunch we planned. So as to have the lunch that is waiting for us, not you, Basin, no, no, no. The lunch that is waiting for you right now is two mixed grain sandwiches, one roast beef relish and salad, our tomato, mayo and salad, one egg, mayonnaise and salad, and one serving of fresh fruit. That's what's waiting for you for the next hundred years. Dinner gonna go crazy though. One, maybe two blue vein sausages. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That beef whistle you got to blow on because it may be too hot. Okay? Christ. Yeah, you don't even want to see that custard launcher for dessert. Okay? Please give um, Bazin Bear the biggest hee-haw. Crazy world we living in, y'all. I got to hear both sides. What you mean you got to hear both sides? Got to hear both sides. What's the other side? There's never a reason you to kill a man over getting your lunch stolen at work and then you're doing 100 years? What's the other side? Let's take it out of this situation for a second, right? We got 60 seconds, right? Let's just take it out of this, this side for a second. Let's say... What side? Let's just I take, don't even know what side you're doing, so it, it make no sense. Let's take it away from this situation, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say... My name is Rashawn, right? Your name is Rashawn, you stupid idiot. I'm five foot four, let's say. I'm small. I've been pay, being picked on my whole life. I go to work... I get a sandwich that my mama made me. My only sandwich, because maybe I can't afford it. Right? So this yeah. is my sandwich. Are you trying to justify this man I'm killing somebody? I'm not justifying anything. Would you listen to me? No, we Would don't need listen to listen to, to you. So now... You know what you need to do? Put a meat popsicle in your mouth right now and shut up. <laughs> okay? There's no way you're going to justify I'm not it. justifying, but I'm just saying. He, he's been bullied, right? Now this guy takes his sandwich. This guy... I'm not saying this is the situation. This guy picks on Rashawn, takes my Rashawn's sandwich. Now I come to work. I see this guy every day. He's laughing at me. I can't beat him physically, so I do something stupid. <sighs> Nick, put your one-eyed yogurt slinger in this guy's <laughs> mouth and shut him up. Okay? The hell is he talking about over there? Huh? Jesus Christ, man. Shut up. I don't want to play with nothing one-eyed, all right? Just shut up. Jesus. Yogurt right. slinger. All right. You're disgusting. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're disgusting. Why am I disgusting? All these terms. You had these terms in the back of your something. Oh, please. All right. Well, thank you for Speaking that. Speaking of back of something, you want, you want me to put my tonsil tickler back? <laughs> see? See? He just messed. He must have a bunch of these. And he's just ready to fire off. Your tonsil tickler? Like, come oh, on. Shut all right. up. <laughs> Scott here. <laughs> oh, man. All right. When we come back. Mm -hmm. See, back at Say something. Okay. I know nope, you got one I wait. Do not. I know you got one wait. Nope, I do not. When we come back, Dr. Joseph Puma will be joining us. All right. Now, he is the founder and president of Soren Medical. Now, this month is Heart Awareness Month. And yes, we're going to be talking to him about uh, things, with what we should be doing to make sure our heart is running the right way, our heart is running safe, and that we can live a lot longer. See, that's what anxiety does to you, right? It plays tricks on you. So, you know, uh, the end of last year, what's no, not the end of last year, the end of the year before that. What was the year before that? 2022. Okay, yeah, Dr. Puma does. Yes. And we're going to talk to him when we come back, all right? It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club.
everybody, it's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Dr. Joseph Puma is here. Dr. Puma, welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Now, you, if, you know, Dr. Puma's been here before. Yes. You know, but uh, it's very important to know that February is American Heart Month. Correct. Yes, as well as Black History Month, of course. That's, that's right. right. But that's why we have him here today to talk about all things heart health. Now, uh, for, for people that don't know or didn't hear when you were here previously, tell people what you do. I'm a cardiologist. Mm -hmm. I'm the founder of uh, Soren Medical, which is the largest uh, independent cardiology practice in New York City. Uh, my goals are to democratize healthcare. Uh, objectively, we've won an award four quarters in a row for the number one heart scan in America, the highest quality imaging. Mm -hmm. uh, we're insurance based. Uh, we take care of everybody that comes through our doors, whether they're a billionaire or they're undomiciled. Mm -hmm. our, our goal is to be part of the communities that we work in and to try and educate and help people live long. Could you tell people what the Soren Heart Scan is, Dr. Boom? So when we image the heart, uh, we're basically using a camera, right? Mm -hmm. The Soren Heart Scan uses the fastest camera available in the world. It's a CAT scan. It's the only one of its kind in New York City dedicated to evaluating heart disease. In a three to four minute scan, we're able to see the arteries in the heart, see if there's any blockage, to see if there's any plaque, mm -hmm. buildup of uh, beginning of blockage, uh, calcification. We can see the heart chambers, the major arteries in the body, the aorta, pulmonary arteries. In addition, we get a, a limited view of the lungs and other um, structures, but it's the most accurate scan. Uh, it takes three, four minutes. It's eliminated the need for having stress testing. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, it's eliminated the need, and, and this is all um, peer-reviewed published data, eliminated the need by almost half for having invasive heart catheterizations where you have to go in the hospital and we have to put catheters in. So a simple test. Charlemagne, I, I, I think you're right. You've been a big promoter of mental health. Mm -hmm. And, you know, about half the people that come to a cardiologist have symptoms that sound like it's from their heart but it's often just from anxiety and stress. Mm -hmm. And so often that one simple scan, if it's completely normal, it's like yours, DJ Envy, mm -hmm. was perfectly normal, can put your mind at ease and, and, and allow you to get on with your life without worry. Now, now you did my scan uh, a couple of months ago, uh, and I was very nervous. I guess nervous about finding out, right? I think that's what most people like. It. Yeah, most people don't want to find out if something is wrong. Right? Shoot, I do when it comes to the heart because tell them about that widowmaker, Doc. Yeah, so <laughs> again, just from a, uh, uh, the standpoint of understanding heart disease better, mm -hmm. a third of people who have heart attacks never even knew they had heart disease before they had them. Mm -hmm. A third of people who have heart attacks die the day they have their heart attack. Mm. So it's not pleasant. So some of this is silent. It grows as time goes on, right? Especially if you have risk factors, high blood pressure, diabetes, smoke, you're overweight, you're sedentary, if you have high cholesterol or a family history of heart disease. Mm -hmm. Okay, these are all the things that as time goes on, the body changes and you're building up plaque and blockage in the arteries. But once you have the test, even if you have a severe blockage, we can easily treat it. Nine out of 10 times if a blockage is severe, the flow is limited through the artery and mm -hmm. we have some objective approaches to figuring that out. Nine out of 10 times we can treat it with a stent, which is an outpatient procedure. Unfortunately, one in 10 times you might need open heart surgery. Yikes. But it's proven you'll live longer. 
So just show up. It's simple things. As a community, mm-hmm. as physicians, we, we can do screenings, for instance, in, in the local churches, barbershops, you know, anywhere, really, schools. And, and once you know, once you have that information, DJ Envy, then it's just a matter of finding a doctor or a healthcare provider that you, you have faith in, that you trust, and working with them to control, get on the right medicines, and, and monitor and control your blood pressure or your cholesterol mm-hmm. or your diabetes. What I find interesting is that young black people are living with diseases more common at older ages. They're living with these diseases that should be, that are usually more common at older ages. That's scary. That, that's exactly right. In the black community, compared to the white community, mm-hmm. if um, the rate of high blood pressure in blacks between 35 and 49 is 50% higher wow. than whites. The rate of diabetes is 40% higher. And if you have these chronic diseases earlier, they're more likely over time to cause complications, to have problems, to cause heart attack and stroke. And even at 65, Heart disease is uh, blacks are 50% more likely to die of heart disease than whites. Mm-hmm. So these are chronic problems that can cause devastating acute uh, complications. And so finding it early and treating it and following with the doctor. From a physician standpoint, it's our job to make it easy. It's our mm-hmm. job to listen. It's our job to build a relationship. It's our job to make sure... When you have a test, for instance, you get the results of the test. And we explain to you, you know, clearly in language, you can understand what the implications are and and how best to treat it. All right, we got more with Dr. Puma. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Dr. Puma here. Now it's Black History Month, but it's also American Heart Month in February. We're talking to him about healthy heart awareness. I was going to ask if if you just, you know, go over some of the stuff. So what are you looking for when you're actually doing the scan of the heart? Now, is it is it easy to detect plaque? And like, you know, where, where somebody does have plaque or somebody does have a problem, you can actually fix the problem right then and there. Correct. In most cases, in in most cases in New York State, we still have to bring it to the hospital to do it. Although, as you reflect, we have an ambulatory surgical center in, in lower Manhattan Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on... 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We can fix lots of problems there, but we're not allowed to go into the heart yet. So we still have to do it in the hospital. But if we see a Widowmaker lesion, we'll get you in the hospital same day or next morning. But the images we get, we we get two things. We get images of the arteries as if we did a catheterization so we can see blockage. And then we do a um, what's called a heart flow. It's a company in California that has this amazing artificial intelligence software 
that can give us an objective assessment of flow in the artery. Mm -hmm. And we have some cut points that tell us if it's significant or not, any of the plaques, and that they... It's American Heart Month. What should people be doing right now, Dr. Puma? So, get your blood pressure checked. Get blood tests. Check your your sugar levels, okay? Go see your doctor. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to do that or you can't do that, let's start getting healthy. Get off the couch. You don't need to train for the marathon. How about we just get off the couch or, you know, on the way home from work before you go in, take a brisk walk around the block. You know, in a few weeks, try two walks, you know, two blocks. Just start getting active. But but I think that, you know, February is a great month because it's a great reset month. We think about it, we talk about it, and hopefully it encourages people to take charge of their health. I have one last question. Signs of a heart attack. What are the typical signs of a heart attack? Yeah, that's that's actually a great question. And that's the reason why so many people with anxiety come in. So the typical signs of a heart attack, if, you, if you're watching George Clooney in ER, let's say, you know, is you get tightness, pressure, like a crushing sensation in your chest. We call it chest pain, but most people say it's not really a pain. Okay, it's a crushing pressure in your chest. Mm-hmm. You get short of breath. You can get diaphoretic, which means cold, clammy, and sweaty. The symptoms often radiate to the left arm associated with numbness, and we're not really sure why that occurs. The problem is in women and in diabetic, they get atypical symptoms. What I just described are the typical symptoms. So I'd expect a man like yourself to have those symptoms. But women and diabetics can get atypical symptoms. They can feel fatigued. They can feel a little short of breath. They might feel indigestion-like symptoms. People who have sharp chest pain, chest pain that increases when they take a deep breath, chest pain that occurs you know, when they do a particular motion, go to pick up a box or reach for something. That's almost always not from your heart. That's almost always musculoskeletal. But let's go back to anxiety. When you're anxious, your heart rate goes up, you hyperventilate, you can get tightness in your chest, it becomes hard to breathe, and you can get numbness in your arm. So it could be exactly the same. The point is, you're not alone out there. There's people to help you. Go seek attention. Take charge of your health. Get the answer you need so you can rid yourself of some of this anxiety. That doesn't mean the anxiety will go away. You might still have anxiety and panic attack. Mm -hmm. But at least now you'll have the information to know I'm not having a heart attack. That's right. And that takes that that alone takes away some of the anxiety in this yeah. yeah, yeah. Give me your information, Dr. Pum. Tell me where to find you. Uh SorenMedicalNY.com. Uh you can find us there. Um and we accept everyone and anyone, regardless of your insurance status or ability to pay, we're here for the communities. Mm-hmm that we serve. Thank you all for having me here. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Puma. We appreciate you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Pastor Ox. Go, go, What's up, Nyla? Big Nyla. Hi, guys. Nylanta. Happy Friday. You're doing Happy a lot Friday. of sniffling over there for somebody who ain't had no COVID test. I haven't sniffled not one time. You've been sniffling the whole time. Since you sound camera, stuffy. Yeah. Are you taking care on, of yourself actually. in Atlanta? 
No, I'm pretty exhausted. Breathe, actually. breathe. I am. Yeah, because you've been there traveling. You <laughs> Where you been? I saw you in Philly last night. L.A. I was in Philly last night with the girls from Reasonably Shady, Giselle and Robin. I really like them. Salute to Reasonably Shady. You can listen yes. to the Reasonably Shady podcast on the Black Effect iHeart Radio podcast network. They popping. Yeah, and their live show is very, very entertaining. It was um, sold out. Yeah. Yep, of course. City oh, Winery. And then I had my live event in L.A. Mm-hmm. Pretty much sold out. Your certified vibe, which is basically past the Ox Live. Yes. Yes. I saw a lot of people there. I saw Rhapsody there. Who else was there? Rhapsody pulled up. Um, Dustin Conrad pulled up. Sabrina Claudia. Like these are just you know casual artists. But even like I started handing the mic around for people who can sing. Like during intermission, there's a lot of dope singers that can actually sing that I'm now tapping in with. So that's dope. L. A. Was great. You know that uh, club you had it at? What was it that was the Peppermint Club? Peppermint, Peppermint club. Lounge. Or Peppermint I think club. that's where. Nipsey had his Victory Lap album release party. When they when I when I when, I, when they saw, saw you out there, somebody said that to me. So that place means a lot, is what I'm saying. I love that. Yes, man. Yeah, no, nah, I'm exhausted though. This was a, it was a good week, but it was a lot. Then you going back to Atlanta next week? Yeah. Or are you done? No, no, I'm still there. <laughs> it was his Grammy celebration. That's what at the Peppermint Club. Oh, okay. I remember all those pictures with him and Jay Z and all of that. That's what that was. Fire. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, they have a great aesthetic. But we're gonna be back in Brooklyn on February 16th, R&B night for Valentine's Day. So make sure you guys tap in. But all right, let's get into some new music today. I want to start with since it's that Mexican Ot's birthday, and I'm a big fan of him. He finally did a record with the baby. You know, people think that they kind of rap alike. Why so do you I- call him that Mexican? That's his name. That's his name, the Mexican. Oh, I thought she was like, this is that I'm, Mexican no, OT's birthday. I'm not, no. Damn. That's his name. That's, that's not racist, that's his name. How do you feel about the border crisis, Nyla? You <laughs> 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 play the record, please? Hey, Mexican OT so hard. Drop on the clues bomb for Mexican OT. I'm just playing. I know who Mexican OT is. Mexican OT is dope. Like, really dope. Really dope. Great flow. Uh, Next, speaking of great flows, JT just dropped a single. Um, I know they were talking about how they were having problems releasing music, so I'm just glad to see she's back outside. Her new song is called Sideways. See, okay, Nala, I love when you come in here with some rappers now. She got a yeah, video yeah, out, too. She dropped a video for it, too. Salute to oh, JT. Salute to JT. JT can snap. Mm-hmm. All right, JT gets busy. That's and JT don't want to do nothing but rap, by the way. Yeah. I don't think y'all realize that. JT ain't with none of the the other stuff. JT wants to rap. She won't be in that studio rapping, so salute to JT. Yeah, she's always had a strong pen. Mm-hmm. Always. But last but not least, I'm going to go with my brother, Ruben Vincent. Now, this record is actually unreleased, but he's gearing up to drop a project. Ooh, you about yeah. three for three. Because Ruben gets busy. Let me hear this. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Before we get into okay. it, I just want to say it's like an Afro hip-hop blend, which I think is unique and very true to him because you know he's Liberian. I want to include okay. bombs for Ruben Vincent, man. Charlotte, North, Charlotte, North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Charlotte, North Carolina is on the 704. Nyla picked some rappers today. I like right. that. Nyla, Mexican OT, JT, Ruben, Vincent. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's a good week. <laughs> it's a good week. I'm glad you guys like it. Make sure you guys tap into the playlist. All right, it's Certified Vibe Live Playlist. Make sure you guys tune in. You can follow me on Instagram at N-Y-L-A-S-Y-M-O-N-E-E-E. Stay updated with everything we just talked about. How many more weeks you got in Atlanta? Two more. Damn. Hurry. All right, come on. Hurry up. <laughs> you over right. You down there getting sick? I don't think this is from Atlanta. I really think this is from L.A. Damn. Nah. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you, Nala. And again, let me shout out to uh, before we get to the mix. I want to shout out to uh, Kwame Uwachi. I, I know I said his name wrong. So uh, he, owns rest, he owns the restaurant Tatiana in New York City. <laughs> his last name is O N W U A C H I. Uh, he has a restaurant called Tatiana. It's they infuse uh, African and West Indian food. Really, really dope. It's at Lincoln Center. Uh, I had a great time last night. I took my wife there for her birthday. 
I just it, it was just really dope. If you love African food or West Indian food, the way they infuse it, whether it's um Oh Lincoln Center is in Hudson Yards, right? No, Lincoln Center's like on sixty oh, seventieth. I think so I heard of that spot. Price rise is it one dollar sign, two dollar signs, or three dollar sign? I played with my Amex. I don't know what, what dollar sign it was. Oh god. Yeah, but it was it was a great time. I had a, a lovely time last night. I want to salute to them and his staff and the fact that he's a brother and owns his own restaurant in New York City, which is really, really dope. I just wanted to salute to him and his staff. We had a great time last night for her birthday. All right. Now let's get to the mix. We throw it back 800-585-1051 It's The Breakfast Club Good morning Morning everybody It's DJ NV Charlemagne the guy We are The Breakfast Club It's Black History Month What we do with Charlemagne? Man, salute to my guy B-Dot You know, B-Dot hosts the podcast On the Black Effect iHeartRadio Podcast Network uh, And the podcast is called I Didn't Know Maybe You Didn't Either It's only a spe- It's a specialty podcast That we only do During Black History Month So every day During Black History Month B-Dot gives you uh, some black history that you may not have known. And today he's going to tell you about one of the first HBCUs that was originally a prison, Virginia Union University. Let's discuss. Beat out here and being a product of Winston-Salem State University, I thought I was very familiar with Virginia Union University. I mean, we play the Panthers in football, basketball, all the sports, highly competitive. I mean, you can almost say they're our rivals. But what I didn't know was that Virginia Union went from incarcerating black folks to educating black folks. Sorta. To understand how Virginia Union was founded, you gotta know who Robert Lumpkin and Mary are. See, in the 1830s, Robert Lumpkin, he purchased Mary when she was a child. By the time she was 13, she had given birth to Rob's first child. Then she messed around and gave him FOMO. Robert Lumpkin was 27 years older than Mary. That meant when she was 13, having his first child, old Rob was 40. In 1844, Rob bought a jail called Lumpkin's Jail. They said it was one of the seven most cruel prisons in the South. They gave it a nickname, the Devil's Half Acre. In 1866, Rob died. See, by then, Mary and her kids were living in Philadelphia. They relocated there during the Civil War. But in his will, Rob left the jail to Mary. But she ain't wanting to do with that prison. So along came an abolitionist minister. His name was Nathaniel Culver. And he was looking for a space to start a seminary for formerly enslaved individuals. And Mary very gladly leased him the land. See, the northern teachers of that time, they found it necessary not just to educate the former enslaved individuals, but the white folks in the South that hadn't been educated to the same degree as the white folks in the North as well. Now, this is all post-Civil War. So once Clove gets a hold of the Devil's Half Acre, his workers go in there and tear up all the cells. They take the bars off and they turn the cells in the classrooms. There, they started teaching black kids and birthed Richmond Theological Schools of Freedmen. It even got a new nickname, from the Devil's Half Acre to God's Half Acre. The Richmond Theological School of Freedmen became the first institution of higher education for black folks in Virginia. In 1932, they merged with the first college of African-American women in Virginia and became one of the first established HBCUs, Virginia Union University. And I didn't know. Maybe you didn't either. All right, that's dope. You know, just fun fact, you know, Virginia Union was the only HBCU that gave me a full ride, a scholarship for a full ride. So why you ain't go there? Because Hampton looks so much better. I wow. want to go to Hampton University. Wow. My parents were upset about it, too, because Virginia Union was going to give me everything, but we had to pay for Hampton. Yeah, I think you should have. Your life turned out fine. I'm so. fine. Yeah, I, think I, did all right. <laughs> I think I did all right. So shout out to all the HBCUs.
You want to tell them where they can hear the rest of it, Charlamagne? Yes, you can listen to the. Uh, <laughs> you can listen to I didn't know maybe you didn't either on the Black Effect iHeartRadio Podcast Network. B Dot puts out episodes over the weekend, so there will be new episodes tomorrow and Sunday. Like I said, every day during Black History Month. All right. All, All right. right. When we come back, positive notice to Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Nala is still here. Charlamagne, you all right? I am great, man. I am blessed, black, and highly favored. Because it's the last day of the duo. (laughs) I am not sad. I am extremely happy. They're talking about it all day. That's right. I've been talking about it all day. Because I can't wait for Jess Hilarious to get here on Monday. I don't think the chemistry is going to change at all. It's the last day of the duo. (laughs) The good sister Jess Hilarious will be starting on Monday. So you'll be getting your Jess with the mess. You'll be getting your ass Jess next week. Jess Hilarious has officially joined the Breakfast Club. What I said. I don't know what you said, but it just fixed my mess. Yes, just fixed my mess. Um, and also, make sure you check out the Carefully Reckless podcast on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network. That is Jess Hilarious' podcast. If you want Jess to fix your mess and uh, you can't get through to the Breakfast Club, you can send in your emails or call into the uh, podcast. That's right. Yes, but I don't know the number, so. Jesus. You got to uh, go listen to note. it. Yes, the positive note is simply this, man. Uh, as you get older... You will understand more and more that it's not about what you look like or what you own. It's all about the person you've become. Mm. Y'all have a great weekend. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. 
I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.